Good afternoon, good night, whenever you're listening to this, my fellow nerds. As always, I'm your host, Nicholas. Thank you for tuning in again to another episode of the Nerds Who Live podcast. Today, we have one of the hypest men in the sport of powerlifting joining us. He is one of the hybrid performance coaches out in Florida. And if you don't know who hybrid performance is, that is the juggernaut, pun intended, of Steffi Cohen you know, her team that surrounds her. And Alex is one of those. He is one of the hypest people you will ever see. He's the guy usually in Steffi's videos that most people know him from is yelling and going crazy and getting everybody just so amped up. And that's him. That's the energy that he brings. But he also is a fantastic coach. He is a very strong lifter himself. He is a fellow AFI lover, just like I am. We've bonded over that before, and he is a perfect example of somebody who started at the very, very beginning in their fitness journey. If you've ever seen pictures of him, we'll talk about it. He was a very skinny little punk kid, and now he has the thickness. So how he got into lifting, how he started, how he's got into the level of coaching and lifting that he is now, you know, what it's like, you know, working out of the hybrid, hybrid performance method gym. And anything and everything in between. So I'm very excited to have him on. I think it's going to be a great time. So without further ado, let's get Mr. Alex on the line. Well, good morning, Mr. Alex. Again, thank you for coming on to the show. And uh, for those who don't you know, know you, the very few people that may not know you, please maybe give yourself a short little introduction. Totally. My name is Alex Uslar. I am the Director of Operations for Hybrid Performance Method. I'm also one of the head powerlifting coaches, um, and I also manage our gym. So I am a jack of many trades in that sense. Um, I am also known as the hybrid hype man. Most people think that I make all my money strictly from just yelling at Steffi Cohen, and uh, I wish it was that simple. I do a lot more than just that. She doesn't pay um, you to do that. Huh? <laughs> she doesn't. You don't get paid for that. It's it's definitely worked into my salary somehow. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then the most important part about me that I just I have to start by saying is I have to preface this is that. I'm not a fucking nerd, right? <laughs> I always say that whenever I have a Q&As, people ask me about it, I don't fucking know what anime and Dragon Ball Z, and I don't fucking know. I'd say, you know, the fuck do I look like? I look a fucking nerd? No offense to all you nerds, but I am on this podcast, but I'm not a nerd. And honestly, I don't really even lift anymore. So I don't know why I'm on this podcast to begin with. I'm not a nerd and I don't lift, but fuck it, let's do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> because because you're, you're 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 an interesting person as, as well as you know as well as a good coach. So that's it's it's about lifting. <laughs> we just happen sure, to be nerds. Sure. Yeah, I got I got I got a lot of a lot of things to say with all that. So it's true. I don't lift. I'm not a nerd, but I do coach people who lift. Exactly. I do coach nerds. So fuck it. Right? And that and that and that right and that right there is the key because that's where people need the most help. And I think because that is where 
you know, in, you know, we had, uh, before we recorded, talked about your transformation going from a much skinnier little punk kid to, you know, the handsome, well, still handsome person that you are now. So, uh, fuck yeah. Uh, and Hey, I will say you are a bad, you're a music nerd. So, so that counts. I feel nerdism is a very wide umbrella. For sure, yeah, especially when people try to start talking about fucking metal and hardcore, it's like, nah, bro, you don't know the subgenre to subgenre to double subgenre, and you didn't listen to their fucking demo, so get the fuck out of here. You if, you, I mean? if, you, if you weren't there before they were there, you weren't there. Thank you, bro. Yeah, exactly. Just It's just you're, you have a niche of a nerd, and that's, that's okay. Exactly, but like you said, we're a jack. Be a jack of all trades. Um, sure. But yeah, to touch back. So what? What? You know, if anyone who's ever seen those, like, seen those old pictures of you when you were, you know, skinny little band kid, what drew you to start lifting, and then what eventually drew you into, you know, powerlifting as the sport? For sure. So I mean, like. There were some dudes in the hardcore scene coming up when I when I was growing up who lifted. The main one would be uh, the singer from Harm's Way. You know that I remember seeing him when I was a skinny little fuck. And uh, mainly, I just wanted to be fucking bigger so I could be tougher and fucking mosh harder. To be completely honest, you know, I was like, you know, I'm tired of being like a fucking little rag doll and shit. So I want to be able to hold my own more than I already do. So maybe I should start lifting weights. So. You know, I kind of started working out. I got like a, a 24-hour fitness membership, and I'd go like, you know, maybe three times a week. But I was still, you know, pretty heavily addicted to uh, like uh, Xanax and smoking and drinking and shit at the time. So honestly, I was kind of like all over the place with it. I didn't really get serious about lifting till I had been kind of working out for about a year, maybe a little less, and that's when I got uh, when I got sober. But in toy, I, I didn't even start. Like I didn't touch a fucking weight until I was eighteen. Eighteen, about to turn nineteen. I had never lifted a day in my life. I had never played a single sport. I had never. I, when we fucking had like the turkey trot and the shit in school, and they'd make you run in <laughs> elementary school, middle school, I'd fucking walk that shit because I'm not about that life, you know. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. I don't want to. Never want to do those either. They sucked. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I had the opposite of an athletic background. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, so yeah, I started working out when I was around 18, and then I didn't really take it serious. It wasn't until I was like, uh, until I was a couple months into being 19, I'd been trying to get sober on and off for like a year. Um, I met uh, my my old boss, who was like my boss and mentor for about five years. Um, he he was in the hardcore scene, and he went to shows also. And he was he was a pretty big dude, and I used to always see him at shows. And he and I, me and him actually almost fought a couple times. And I, I knew that he was straight edge. I knew that he was an ex an ex addict, and I knew that he owned a CrossFit gym. And one day at a show, it was actually the last time I got fucked up. I was super drunk and barred out. Um, I went up to him and I tried talking to him about his gym and um, and we didn't really talk much because it was a big group of people. He was sober. I was super drunk. God knows what the fuck I was saying to him. And then the next day he DM'd me and invited me to go uh, check out his gym, his CrossFit gym. And I did. I fucking went in and 
I told him, you know, I fucking opened up to him, told him kind of my whole story. I've been trying to get sober, this, that, the other. And he kind of took me under his wing, and I never turned back from there. That's kind of that's kind of the groundworks of all of it. And how long ago was that? That's when I was, that was uh, end of February uh, 2012. So I was, I was 19. Okay, 2012. Yeah. So. That was seven, seven and a half years ago. So, so you've been so you've been sober for seven and a half years. Congratulations! Thanks, man. That's really yeah. awesome. And and then yeah, and it seems to have worked out for you. I would say that was a that was a good day. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, dude, for sure, man. Yeah, I've been trying. Like I said, I've been trying to do it on and off on my own for a while, and it was it was really tough. And just kind of finding. Um, you know, a group of like-minded people, similar to, you know, the punk and hardcore scene, you kind of find somewhere you fit in, but the thing about, you know, punk and hardcore scene, especially in Miami, is the straight edge part of it wasn't really big, it was mainly a bunch of fucking uh, shithead drunk punks and, and crust punks and shit, and those were kind of all the kids that I was hanging out with, so there wasn't really, you know, the positive crowd, but there, you know, there were some straight edge kids, and it's so funny, man, because they all fucking, they all hated me growing up, and I fought I fought a shitload of them, and now a bunch of those dudes are like my really good friends, and actually the only ones that I still talk to from you know that that scene and that time in my life. That's that's but, funny. Uh, do, you, do you do they ever bring that up every now and then? Like, hey, remember that time when you punched me in the face? I want. They're like, hey, Alex, could I? Would you you want to get lunch this time? Because remember that time you punched me in the face? I feel like that's yeah. No, all right. <laughs> it's, it's actually funny because the the dude who kind of introduced me um, to the owner of the old gym that I worked at, he was uh, the singer in a band that I was playing in at the time, and he he didn't smoke or drink or do anything. Uh, me and his brother, the drummer, we did a lot, and he was he was you know five six old five six years older than me, and he had told me I, I want to say it was probably a couple weeks before I finally you know got sober. He's like, dude, Alex, you know like. So I tell you as a friend, like a lot of fucking people really fucking hate you. And I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah, I know. He's like, no, man, like you fucking are pissing off a lot of the wrong fucking people. And people are talking about fucking doing something bad to you. And I'm like, oh, well, fuck. You know, like Miami's kind of, you know, a shit fucked place. There's a lot of crime and the hardcore scene, you know, and punk scene kind of attracts a lot of degenerates. And I was like, oh, fuck, man. Like you know, a lot of sketchy bad things went down. And, I was like, oh, well, cool, so if someone wants to, you know, stab me or something like that, so maybe I should be a little bit less of a piece of shit and actually get my shit together. <laughs> hey, man, the, the threat of being stabbed will get you your ass in check pretty quick. You, yeah, you, sure. that, that's where I was like, you know, when I have this guy that I kind of looked up to that I played in the band with and all this, and he's like, dude, like, okay, I get it, man. Like, you, you like being a fucking asshole and you don't care what people think and you just do your own thing, but it's kind of getting to the point where it's a little too much, you know? Yeah. Well, um, you know, the positive changes were made for the better. <laughs> so I'm glad you weren't stabbed. Um, so when you, you began, obviously the, the day you walked into the CrossFit gym and you haven't looked back, what, from that point, when did you find powerlifting the sport and then what kind of made you pull into that? Yeah. So when I signed up there, it's funny. Cause like I said, I'd only been working out like a year or something like that, but within like the first month of being at that CrossFit gym, like I would go there and like, I do the classes, you know, like, class is only an hour long. 
but I'd hang out there like, you know, all day. I had like a little shit part-time job. I worked at a fucking a supermarket. I had been selling drugs up until I was 19 from when I was like 14 till I was 19. My main source of income was selling drugs and robbing people, which wasn't, you know, the, the best source of income. But I'll tell you what, man, you make a lot of money doing that. That's for sure. That's true. That's, that's, <laughs> but I wasn't yeah. doing that anymore, obviously. Right. You know, and I had a lot of free time on my hands. So I just kind of, you know, hung out at the gym. And within a month, I was like, man, you know, I fucking, I want to do this with my life. Like, I want to help people the way this guy fucking helped me get my shit together. And I want to help people better their lives, whether it's through fitness or sobriety or whatever the fuck it is. So I did CrossFit there for probably like three or four months. And the thing that I didn't fucking like is because I had come from working out at a 24-hour fitness, just doing strict like bodybuilding, bro stuff benching, you know, machines, fucking whatever the fuck. And I had put on a little bit of size. I was fucking feeling myself. <laughs> it's funny because I have pictures of me like at shows like with my shirt off thinking I was jacked as fuck, but I was still a little skinny shit. But um, when I started just doing CrossFit, and this was again back in 2012 when CrossFit was kind of all the rage, and I was also doing, uh, I was eating paleo, and doing keto at some points, I had like lost weight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the weight that I had struggled so hard to put on, I started losing more weight and kind of losing some of that fullness that I had got from, you know, bodybuilding or whatever I was doing. Right. And I was like, fuck, dude, like, god damn it, I'm trying to get bigger. <laughs> so I told the owner of my gym, you know, like I didn't, I didn't really want to do CrossFit anymore. So I started doing, we had an Olympic weightlifting club. And I wasn't going that often. I was doing that once in a while, but I, then I was still going to now 24-hour fitness like every day, you know, to do bodybuilding stuff. This is just a couple months into, you know, my sobriety. And then I couldn't afford it anymore, so I had to cancel a CrossFit gym. Right. I'd still hang out with, you know, my mentor and see him every so often. And after, like, two months of not going anymore, this is probably, like, six months into my sobriety, six months into, like, my exercise career or whatever you want to call it. Like, I was still, I didn't really, I didn't know anything. I was a 19-year-old kid. Uh, my, my old boss showed up at the grocery store I worked at one day. You know, he's buying groceries. He's like, what's up, dog? How you been? I'm like, awesome, man. You know, just going 24-hour fitness, whatever. He's like, so when are you going to start interning? And I'm like, what? He knew I <laughs> mm-hmm. wanted to do this in my life, you know? Yeah. He's like, yeah, man, you, you want to intern, don't you? And I'm like, um, yes, absolutely. He's like, okay, cool. You start Monday then. I was like, holy shit. So, yeah, man. And then I, I started interning at the gym. I didn't have to pay a membership anymore because like, I couldn't afford it. I was working part-time at a grocery store. And uh, so – that was pretty much the next year of my life. Every single day I was at that gym, you know, six to 10 hours, completely unpaid, just shadowing all the coaches who worked there, you know, spending as much time as possible there, reading books, trying to gather as much knowledge about CrossFit, Olympic weightlifting, which at the time I was doing pretty much mainly Olympic lifting for at least the first four or five months, um, and still bodybuilding stuff. And then, uh, and yeah, so over the course of that year, I was just gathering knowledge, learning things. All the people who worked at that gym, it's its funny, man, because they doubted my old boss. And they're like, dude, this kid's fucking 19. He's a punk-ass kid. He just started working out. He doesn't know shit about it. What is he doing interning at this gym? Like, he's not going to be a coach. He's not going to learn things. He's not going to last. He's not going to, you know, this, that, and the other. 
but they didn't fucking know that, like, when I do something, man, like, I fucking, I go all in, you know, like, I fucking fully commit to that shit, that's why, that's why I had to get completely sober, like, I can't, I couldn't just drink a little bit, I couldn't, you know, just smoke a little bit, you know, like, look, look at me, I'm fucking covered in tattoos, I don't just have a little bit of tattoos, you know what yeah. I mean, and, um, so, yeah, over that period, I'm just interning, unpaid, gathering knowledge, I'm doing Olympic weightlifting, and then about four or five months into Olympic lifting, I started developing some knee injuries, which I fucking still have to this day, which really those knee injuries fucking date back to when I was like 12, 13 years old. I dislocated my knees in fucking pits and jumping into a fucking pool and skating and all kinds of stupid shit. So I've had the damage to my knees since I was a fucking kid. You know, but so the Olympic lifting and the high volume squatting started bugging it. And there was this dude who owned a gym up in Fort Lauderdale who came, he was a power lifter. And he came down and did a little seminar to all the coaches at the CrossFit gym that I worked at because none of us really knew much about powerlifting. And he just taught us about powerlifting. He taught us how to low bar squat. He taught us about uh, the cube method. I don't know if you're familiar with that. This one, like, that's Brandon Lilly's program that was like, with all the rage back in like 2012, 2013. And I'm like, whoa, this is pretty fucking cool. These low bar squats hurt my knees a lot less. I don't have to go as low. You know, I can do this. So I started powerlifting. And I remember I maxed out on that day that that dude was there. And my, 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 you know, obviously high bar, you can't squat as much. And my high bar was, you know, pretty weak. But I remember I low bar squatted like 265. And that was a huge PR for me. And I'm like, oh, sick. This is awesome. I'm going to stick to that. You yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Sold. That's, I'm going to stay here. Yeah. This is good. So it's like, I'm not one of those people who like, people look at me now and I bench, you know, 510 pounds and shit. They're like, oh, he for sure, like right away was squatting 405 and, you know, benching 225. Nah, man. I remember when I first, like those first couple months where I was just doing bro stuff at LA Fitness or 24 Hour Fitness, I couldn't bench 95 pounds, my man. Like, I had 10 pounds on each side. I was benching 65 pounds for sets of 10, and that was fucking hard for me. And, like, I, I remember my first time squatting a plate, and I was, like, so stoked that I squatted a plate, you know? Yeah. And, so, and that, that's what made me want to bring you on because I, you know, I had seen those. And then the few times I had chatted with you, you know, you could, you recognize when someone goes through such a drastic change and someone who's put in the time where that did not come natural for them. And it's not something that is something they had to, you know, work for. And like you said, you don't do anything halfway. So, you know, you have gotten, you got to that point of actual, you know, Lifting heavy, not due to genetics. You, you know, you you had to struggle and grunt for it, and and that's why I made like this show. I wanted it to be a resource for people could that could find and hear those stories of people who said, "No, this wasn't easy. I, you can get here. It just this is the work. Here's what it takes. You know, for and sure. put in the time. Time is going to suck. You probably won't be nearly as good as you want to be. But half blood, and you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and, and and obviously, like there, there's more that comes with it. I think that's why people get drawn to the sport and stay in the sport is because you know, or in any or weightlifting or CrossFit, it's because you 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 find that tribe of like-minded people, and it's the process and going to the gym and those people make it more like that's that's the good part, like that's the fun of it is what you get to do with your friends, and then of course it's bettering your life and your body and your health, and that's great. Uh, on top of it, um, so what? So you learned how you know finally how to like how to low bar and all that kind of stuff. Did you run that cube method, 
when you first did yeah, that? Man, I ran the cube method for probably like at least a year. Before that, I was doing like a little bit of five three one for mm-hmm. like overhead press and bench and deadlift while I was doing Olympic weightlifting. I feel like everyone and their mother has had to at least run five three one unless you started powerlifting in the last fucking two years, like ninety percent of fucking Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> yep, I yeah, uh, it, it's true. I five three one was the fucking shit back in you know, 2010, 2011, 2012. Yeah, had that and you know, like starting strength and cube method was you know pretty great and that got me that got me a lot of progress. I ran that. It was I just had like a, an eight week template that I just ran over and over for about a year. And you know, after a year of interning at that gym, I, I little by little I started coaching. And I got like you know my CrossFit certifications to teach CrossFit, even though I wasn't really doing CrossFit myself. Right. Um, I started coaching Olympic weightlifting more as well. You know, since I kind of kind of had a small background in that, and I I love the sport of Olympic weightlifting still to this day. I love coaching it. I love being involved in it. To me, it is like ten times more exciting than powerlifting. From a, from a spectating ass point, from a coaching uh, you know standpoint, from an athleticism standpoint, you know, Olympic weightlifting is is way superior to me than powerlifting in a lot of ways. But I just suck at it. So yeah, I do it. <laughs> I, I, I do too, which is why I don't do it. But I, I agree with you. I love like that's it, you know whenever the Olympics come around, that's you know judo and the weightlifting are my are the things I love to watch. I mean, whenever you're putting any type of heavy weight over your head, that's some hard shit. <laughs> that's... For sure, man. For sure. That's why I bench press. My fucking overhead press is shit. Yeah. I'm glad I don't compete in that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that shit is hard, especially to be at the bottom of your squat with the weight overhead, you know, and you're just like, all right, I got to stand up now. I uh, hope I can. Yeah, fuck so, but, yeah. <laughs> but to those who do it, you're amazing. <laughs> and that's oh, awesome. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I just I, I did that, you know, I, I started coaching and little by little, like it became more and more of a full time role. Obviously, you know, there's only so many classes that you can coach at a gym, you know, switch across the gym with other employees. So I, I really started getting involved in the uh, in the personal training uh, side of things. This is by the time I was about, you know, 20 turning 21. And, you know, it was, it was 100%, you know, my full-time job, full-time career. I went from, you know, barely making money at a grocery store previously to that, you know, selling drugs for money and, you know, granted, making pretty good money but not in an honest way. And then, you know, making practically no money for a year doing an untaped paid internship to then, you know, about a year and a half into actually coaching, you know, having a, a pretty a pretty good career, you know, out of it and, it was it was exciting and it felt good and then uh, about uh, a year and a half two years into it I got started getting more and more serious about powerlifting and at that old gym I started a powerlifting club there you know since we had a weightlifting club and you know we mainly catered to CrossFit boot camp I was like hey let me you know teach people how to powerlift so. I started that club and, you know, grew it. I, I left that gym um, uh, when I was about to turn 25. I actually, I left there two years ago, um, last month, but I was there for, you know, about five years working there. So, you know, I grew it over the course of, you know, three, three and a half years, you know, pretty, pretty big. And that was super exciting for me. And it, as our, as that gym, you know, we started offering, um, you know, online programming for CrossFit, and I still coached CrossFit and offered that as well. And then I, you know, I started getting into offering as well powerlifting. And this was, you know, probably about four or five years ago. 
um, before everyone was an online powerlifting coach. Right. <laughs> I was, you know, I was also coaching, you know, some people remotely and online, but most of my athletes were in gym in my club. Um, you know, before I left, I think my club was up to about 30, 35 powerlifters, which was, you know, super cool for me. And, um, you know, it was huge from where I had started. And, uh, you know, a lot of them were like CrossFitters who just like me, they started, they didn't really like CrossFit. It wasn't, you know, what they wanted to do with their body and they didn't like how fucking hard it was and how it makes you just want to puke and feel like shit. They're like, oh, lifting stuff, lifting heavy stuff is fun. So a lot of them would convert and come over to my club. And, uh, that was up until, um, July, 2017. Uh, actually, in June 2017, I had been friends, you know, now we'll start you know, kind of transitioning into my history with hybrid. Um, I had been friends with Steffi and Hayden. I've, I've known Hayden since him and Steffi started dating, which was like four years ago. Um, Steffi, I've known for like five, five and a half years now because she actually interned at the gym that I worked at for her undergrad. And she was, she started in CrossFit. And then she, again, she wasn't crazy about CrossFit. She competed at, at, on our CrossFit team for a short period of time. And then she converted into Olympic weightlifting, which a lot of people know about her. She was a pretty good Olympic weightlifter before she was a powerlifter. And she, you know, she competed for our club that we had at our old gym. And she lifted there. And uh, it's funny because we actually, uh, we hated each other. And we weren't friends at the beginning. We, we, we fucking butted heads a lot. I'd always play fucking punk and metal and she'd fucking hate it and she'd try to change it and I'm like, hey, you're an intern, you can't fucking change my fucking music. <laughs> and like, we would just like fucking butt heads and like bitch at each other all the time. And then like about, you know, four years ago, we started getting closer and started becoming friends and, you know, we, we weren't angry 21, 22 year olds anymore. Yeah. And then, um, they had a falling out with uh, the owner of the old gym that I worked at, and they left, and me and them stayed friends over the year or so that they left. And then in uh, in June of 2017, again, I had just kind of been doing the same thing for a couple of years at that old gym, just working full-time, doing personal training, coaching my powerlifting club, some online programming. But my fucking hours at that gym, I'd get there, you know, at 7 a.m. and I wouldn't leave until 9 p.m. And me as an athlete, I had competed a couple times, you know, but not much because I had never even had time to focus on myself as an athlete because I just, I put work first and try to make as much money as I can and grow myself and, you know, in that profession. And it just, it, it fucking, it took all my time and all my energy. And so they approached me and they're like, hey man, we're fucking, we're opening a powerlifting gym and we would love for you to manage it and run it. What are you making on average right now? And I'm like, well, you know, on a good month when I'm doing this many personal training clients, blah, 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 I'm making, you know, XYZ working 50, 55 hours a week. And they're like, okay, cool. What if we give you that much for you to work 20 hours a week? I'm like, excuse me. And uh, it's, it's made me like a fucking amazing offer. You know what I mean? It's like, how can I literally say no to this? And I'm like, but fuck, how can I leave the gym that I worked at for five fucking years? You know what I mean? And uh, 
they're like, hey, man, you know, we only need you a couple hours. If you still want to work at, you know, that gym a couple hours a week, we can make it work. But I guarantee you, your old boss is not going to be okay with it. Right. So I I tried talking to him about it, and he fucking flipped a lid. He's like, no, absolutely not. That's a conflict of interest, blah, blah, blah. He's like, and I'm like, dude, they're offering me just money, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I I don't know what to tell you, man. We can't give you a raise. We can't give you more classes. We can't offer you more money. It's your fucking decision to make. And I'm like, um, okay. Okay. Well, then, bye. <laughs> bye. And I left, and unfortunately, it was under extremely, extremely bad circumstances. And um, we were both, you know what I mean? We were both fucking hardcore kids, you know what I mean? Like, we're yeah. both super fucking stubborn and assholes. And he was my fucking best friend and mentor for five years, and he just he didn't like to see me go. And it's unfortunate, you know, that things didn't end greatly. Um, but, you know, that's fucking life, and it is what it is. And then I, that's when I started working for Hybrid in June of uh, July of 2017. It's been two years now. Yeah, and I would say it's uh, it's been going well. <laughs> and to, to say it's gone well is like an understatement. Like it's I said, I was, really I was so stagnated where I was. You know, I was happy. Don't get me wrong. Like, even though I was burnt out 24-7, like, it, I, my quality of life just completely changed and my career and my, my path completely changed, you know? Like, I don't really do personal training anymore. Once in a while, if someone from out of town wants to do a session with me, I will. But that doesn't, you know, take 30 of my hours every week. Yeah. I don't teach group classes anymore. And I, I, sometimes I miss it. I love doing that, and I feel like that helped develop me so much as a coach, and I feel like that's a huge aspect that's missing from the fucking state of coaching nowadays and online fucking coaching. You think just because you fucking put numbers in a spreadsheet that you can fucking watch someone's video in slow motion and tell them they didn't hit depth and that their chest needs to be more upright than you're a fucking coach? Well, it's fucking not. You know what I mean? As you can see, I'm pretty strongly opinionated on this. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I, I had to fucking work really, really hard to get to where I am today. And I see all these fucking literally kids making a killing off of suckers just because they have a good online presence selling programming and coaching and it's like that's not what makes a coach your ability to write numbers in a spreadsheet etc is not what it is you need to you need to have you know uh, a hands-on experience you need to know how to change things in the moment not when you see things in a fucking the video that you slow down and walk five times in a row you know you know you know how you need to know how to communicate you need to know how to you know increase morale, bring people down when needed, and there's just, there's just so much more that goes into it that I feel like is missing, and it's just getting more and more and more saturated, and it just annoys the fuck out of me, but I mean, it, it is what it is. People are always going to be suckers. People are always going to just, you know, give in, and I, I, I hate seeing that, and I have so many people who come to me for coaching, and unfortunately, I have to turn most of them away because it's not my full-time job, and I don't want things to become saturated, and like, they just tell me their experience with their old coaches and like they show me like their programs and like what they got for fucking what they were paying $150 a month. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, you were practically getting robbed. You know, what were you paying for? You know, I charge quite a bit more than most online coaches, but it's like, I I, I just, I bring a different service. I bring a different uh, premium. I bring a different, uh, you know, experience level to the table, but I just, God, it's frustrating. It is. And like you said, coaching is not, is not just numbers. It's being able to communicate 
find a way to communicate effectively to an athlete. And like you said, do they need to be hyped up? Do they need to be pulled down? You know, do you do you know why they're not hitting depth? Like if you tell them like, hey, you didn't hit depth. Okay, cool, good job. But why? Like, can you can you help them that way? And 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 like you said, any anybody who puts up numbers and they try to coach, but some of the, being a good athlete doesn't always make you a good coach. Uh, that's you know, that's just that's just not a thing. Um, so here's something that most fucking athletes you want to call them athletes i'm not a fucking athlete i don't know why 90 percent of people call themselves athletes because they squat bench and deadlift but i mean it is what it is um most of them man they don't need a fucking coach it doesn't matter what's in your fucking spreadsheet if you train hard if you go to the gym you're gonna get stronger you'll get better if your fucking recovery's on point your diet's on point you know all those things you can fucking go back and follow 531 and you'll make improvement. You can go back and follow the fucking cube method on repeat for a year. You'll make improvement. You know what I mean? Honestly, what a lot of times people are fucking paying for is they're literally paying for that positive, you know, or negative reinforcement and like that. They're fucking, I, 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 tell, I tell my athletes, I tell them to their fucking face, I'm not your fucking coach, I'm your fucking therapist. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it is what it is. And then like when I see there's, there's so many coaches that like don't give that to their athletes and their athletes don't know any better and think that they're fine with the service they are getting. It's like, no man, like him writing your program and adjusting it based on your performance from the other weeks, that's fine and that's dandy, but that's like, that, that, you can really follow anything and progress, you know what I mean? There needs to be more aspects to it. You need to offer more, you need to offer a better service. Like, you know, most coaches, you can check in with them one email per week and give all your notes an email per week. Like, really, Seriously, like, how much are you going to know about your athlete from that? How personally are you going to know them? On what level? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, all my athletes, I give them my cell phone number. I they, I make them text me their videos and, like, you know, how they felt daily, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And I, I try to text them back immediately. A lot of them, I'm texting them during their training sessions, helping them during their training sessions. At the end of the day, that's what they're fucking really paying me for, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they they want to know, you know, they want to be able to, to reflect and pick your brain and just feel like you're in their corner and that know that you have their best interests at hand. It's not just them by themselves. Like you said, that's really what people want. That's, you know, um, and, and now that like, like you said, going with weightlifting, you know, the being the high end sport that it is, if you look like a weightlifting coach, they, they are completely involved usually in their athletes' lives. Like, they know oh, yeah. they know what they fucking eat in the morning, and they know what they snack in, you know, after that. Like, that's a, they, that's a, it's a very, it's like you said, of a different level of, of quality. And, you know, I think that's a really good reflection. Um, I think, I mean, and then actually a, a good transition of, you know, uh, we kind of, you already started kind of touching on it, of the saturation of coaches, but what do you think of the state of the sport Right now, you know, good and bad, and um, you know, do you do you, do you think that the sport could maybe learn something from the sport of weightlifting in terms of, you know, high quality, everything across the board? Well, to an extent, 
fucking weightlifting is just as saturated and just as fucking cookie cutter in a lot of ways as powerlifting and CrossFit and all that shit is. I mean, because there's, there's different levels to it. If we're talking about weightlifting on a high level, then, then yeah, absolutely. And everything down to a, a, an Olympic weightlifting coach. Like, we just had uh, some of Team Canada training at Hybrid before going over to Pan Ams. They just wanted to train a, a week here, acclimate, and go over to Peru, where Pan Ams was. And, dude, a weightlifting coach? Like, I coach weightlifting. I had a mentor who was a weightlifting coach for a really long time. And it's like, yo, you literally sit there the entire athlete session, and you watch every single one of their lifts. You're not just watching their one top set of squats and critiquing them on that one top set of squats. You're watching their warm-ups. You're fixing them during their warm-ups. You know, during their top sets, you're giving them cues. You're adjusting them, this, that, and the other. Now, is powerlifting as technical as weightlifting? Fuck no, not at all. And I also think that people may overcomplicate and make powerlifting more technical than it needs to be. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think that is one thing that is kind of an issue as well. Everyone wants to, you know, change. You'll have, you know, 27 internet coaches telling you 20 fucking thousand different ways that they need to change the external rotation of your fucking squat. Or another coach saying, no, don't externally rotate when you squat. It, it's, it's way too overcomplicated when all you're fucking doing is bending your knees, breaking parallel, standing back up. You know what I mean? It's it's a lot harder to fuck up. Um, what do I think about the state of powerlifting in general? I think that it's it's fantastic how mainstream it is. And I'll tell you why. Because the fucking company I work for, the more people that are into it, the more people are going to sign up for our programs, which is a good thing. You know, we want as much business as possible from a business standpoint. Obviously, you know what I mean? And then it also brings out all these new amazing competitors out of the woodwork and, you know, constantly is hiring the bar and raising the standard of what strength is and should be, you know, uh, which, which is really, really cool. Um, so, I mean, overall, I, I think it's fucking, I think it's awesome. I think it's great. But, you know, just like anything else, there's, you know, there's a bunch of fucking jabronis. There's a bunch of fucking posers, just like fucking hardcore. There's way too many fucking posers and fucking tryhards and motherfuckers who have been in it for a year and then will just fucking quit in a year. An online coach who decided two weeks ago they want to be an online coach, so now they put in their bio DFE for coaching or they fucking put 30 stories a day, you know, about their fucking coaching and this, that, and the other. My wife just whispered to me, stop swearing. I think we should go back and count how many times I fucking cursed. It's probably like up to two or 300 already. Uh, ho- hopefully. <laughs> but by, by all means, uh, we, uh, we know, no one, I think, who listens. I mean, which is not a lot. But no one cared. <laughs> so it's okay. Sorry, Mom, if you're listening. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> my fucking bad. It's all right. That, that's like my mom too. My mom, my mom is a saint, and she's one of the sweetest ladies you'll ever meet. And she's like a mom to everybody. 
And whenever I do curse, she's always like, yeah, she's always like, she's like, she's like, honey, honey, don't do that. Like, she's not even mad. She's just like, stop. Just, you, you, you mean shoot? I think you mean shoot. Okay. And then just like, she moves on after that, but she always likes to, she'll, she'll lay that down. It's funny. It's almost endearing, but it's fine. (laughs) Um, so what, what is, you know, in, in the time, you know, especially, especially now, you know, how, like, what are, especially with the new gym, which looks awesome, by the way, um, that, that place looks amazing. Um, and the athletes that you have, what is kind of like your time like, like between, you know, working and operating the gym to your athletes? Like, what's your time split look like? Yeah, totally, man. So, like, it started, you know, when they brought me on two years ago, I was just managing the gym. And, you know, that was, I was, that was, I was just in charge of, you know, giving tours, signing people up. I, I'm, I am still, to this day, the only employee of the gym. And the gym is 24 hours, but it's a private gym, so members have their own way to come and go. And, uh, you know, it just, my, I'm just in charge of making sure that the gym doesn't go to shit, everyone respects it, you know, signing new people up, giving tours, answering questions, you know, making ordering things, sending things back. But, like, literally anything that needs to be done for the gym is, you know, is what I do. We don't have any other employees. We don't have anyone else that helps with that. It just, it just, you know, luckily we have a small member member base, and most of our members are pretty serious lifters, so they all kind of respect the gym and stuff. And so that's what, you know, that was the first six months uh, in, in 2017 when I was working for them. It was just managing the gym, and I would do – I still had some personal training clients who came over with me from the old gym. So I was still doing some personal training and still doing uh, online uh, powerlifting coaching because I took my old, my, took my online clients with me when I left the old gym. Um, and then I started myself training much, much more seriously now that I had free time. And I, you know, I, I did my first competition in quite a while like in October 2017. I was able to do a full training cycle, super focused, had an awesome meet, and a huge total PR. And then uh, in January of 2018, uh, Stephanie Hayden were like, "Hey, you're fucking crushing it with managing the gym. We're super, super happy. We want to. We want you to be more involved. We want you to do more. So we want you to be the director of operations, essentially for Hybrid Online." So then, you know, my scope kind of went outside of just being, you know, running everything in the gym. So now, essentially, I oversee everything, all the day-to-days kind of, you know, in the in the online company, our online training programs, our nutrition, um, you know, so I, I oversee all of our employees who work under us. Essentially, you know, the hierarchy is Stephanie Hayden. I'm directly underneath them, and then we have, you know, all of our employees that trickle down from there. So, you know, I oversee all that. Um, I manage customer service and uh, requests that come in, questions that come in, etc. Um, I write um, a lot of our online programs. I write our powerlifting program. I write our performance program, which is our blend of Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting. Uh, I've written some of our specialty programs, like our push-pull program, our intro to hybrid powerlifting program. I do back-end data entry, uh, adjustments on the website, you know, this, that, the other. And then, I guess, you know, you'd say my own separate business outside of what I do for hybrid and all that stuff is my online 
coaching. So, you know, like I said, that was June or uh, January of 2018. And, you know, that was my responsibilities, you know, for the entire year. And over 2018, I slowly started uh, building and expanding our apparel offerings. And um, in January of 2019, this year, I, I showed Stephanie Hayden, you know, some numbers and some data on, you know, what apparel can do and what apparel can bring in. And then I started Hybrid Apparel. Um, and I pretty much run all of that as well as far as creating the designs, printing the shirts, packaging the shirts, shipping them out. Um, so then that was now a new job and new uh, responsibility that I added in January, um, you know, to, you know, kind of keep doing more and expanding. And so that was now my newest responsibility for hybrid. I, I so like. I do a fucking you, shitload. You of do things. everything. I like how you went from having from selling drugs to having no job to having one job to now giving yourself like eight jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. It, it, it's it's funny. Every time, like we like you know want to bring think we might need to bring on a new employee or like need to hire someone for something. Like I hate delegating work because I feel like no one is going to do it like I do and they don't. Everyone always disappoints me. So I always just do everything. Just my fucking do it yourself. Well, and, yeah, you said earlier, you're like, you go all in and like, that's what you do, uh, which is pretty impressive considering, you know, you're just a, you know, hardcore kid from Miami, and now you're doing data entry, website adjustments, like director of operations. You know, I also I also am a meat director. I also run meats. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You got you run the meats. So it's like, well, you know, <laughs> if you're crushing it, well, if it if it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> so, for sure. Which so is the hardest uh, thing for me, quite honestly, was with all that, especially this year. I just had a lot of ambitions for this year. I knew I was getting married. Um, I knew that I want to have kids soon. I want to buy a house soon. So there was, you know, mentally I had certain financial goals and I was like, well, I'm going to fucking reach them within, you know, I gave myself a, a deadline, you know, in this year. I'm like, I need to be making X, Y, Z by this time. And like, that's the way I've always been. I've always been super goal, goal oriented like that. I set expectations and I fucking reach them. And so, you know, I started the apparel company. I started expanding the apparel company. You know, this month so far, the drop we did this month uh, has been our best drop yet. And I was like, all right, well, I need to take on a couple more online clients. I've always, up until now, I used to always limit myself to about 15, maybe a couple over 15 online clients that I'd have. And um, just because how do I delegate my time? Yeah. Essentially, you know, hybrid never stops. I'm doing hybrid seven days a week. Uh, I'm doing hybrid at midnight. I'm doing hybrid right when I wake up, answering emails, answering phone calls, you know, all kinds of stuff. So I'm like, how can I delegate my time, you know, to also still be a coach? Because, I mean, essentially, all my, my responsibilities for hybrid aren't really coaching responsibilities, you know? It's, it's, it's administrative and just, you know, running a company. Yeah. And I was like, you know, but I still love coaching and I, I want to continue doing that. So I only had, you know, up until the end of last year, I, I, people would DM me about coaching, and I'd just be like, no, 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 I'm sorry, no, 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 no. I have about 15 clients, and essentially all day Sunday, so like when we finish our talk today, the next, 
you know, uh, five, it used to be about five hours, uh, would be just spent on programming, you know, getting my, my clients' programs uh, ready for the next week. I program for all my clients, you know, from week to week. I don't give them, you know, four weeks at a time, six weeks or eight weeks at a time. I feel like that's not very customized because you need to adjust based on their week-to-week performance, their week-to-week fatigue, how they feel, etc. So Sundays I sit down, um, you know, and I, I review all their notes. I go through their spreadsheets. I write all their programs, etc. And then, you know, like I said, I had set this financial goal and I was like, you know what, like, I, I'm, I'm always working, let me see how I can bring on more. So over the course of the last couple months, I, I, I'm up to about 27 clients right now. And I now I now I'm, I know that I'm capped. I'm not I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take on any more right now just because now my Sundays are about you know 10 hours spent behind a computer programming Um, but that for me is the most efficient way because I'm also communicating with my clients all throughout the all throughout the week you know like if if I had to sit down on Sunday and watch all of their videos for the entire week and then write their programs and read all their notes and analyze how they felt for a week like I, that goddamn I, I, Sunday would not be enough time. Saturday would not be enough time to do that. Yeah. So I found my most efficient way of doing that is, like I said, I give them constant communication, and that also ensures they're getting a real service. Like, fuck, man, who knows how many online coaches that have? Because man, I know I know some online coaches that have like a hundred clients, man. That there's a hundred personalized, quote unquote, personalized clients. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it, just knowing that I have twenty seven, I'm like. How the fuck do you have 100 clients? And how the fuck are you writing 100 personalized programs? And how the fuck are you watching 100 athletes' videos, multiple videos? Oh, yeah, multiple multiple sets. Yeah. Right. And all of it done on the weekend with their one check. It just, it doesn't make really fucking sense to me. <laughs> like, so with my system, like I said, you know, they text me throughout the week. I watch their videos throughout the week. I give them immediate feedback. They're getting feedback for each video as it comes in so that part of the coaching is taken care of throughout the week with all my other you know responsibilities that are going on and then on Sundays I just sit back I already kind of know how their week was because I don't have a lot of athletes I know them all by name I know their numbers I know their capabilities I know what they did for the week I watch their videos and you know I write adjust and program for the following week accordingly nice yeah, that's that's a busy that's a busy week, bud. That is a that is a that is a that is a, a really busy. But at the same time, it's it's a, it's admirable because that's I mean that's a hustle. It's just someone who work who like you said you love what you do, you go all in and you work hard, and that's and and it's awesome. And not that I actually think one of my one of my friends started coaching with you a little bit ago, uh, Christian. Oh hell yeah! Yep. Sweet, man. Yeah, yeah. He boss the boss of the crew in a couple weeks. I I'm really excited to see him do that. I when I first started um, seriously lifting, Christian was uh, one of the first people to actually to help me. I met him and he like he taught me how to brace and all that. So I was really excited to see that he was working with you when he started. So that's I'm excited to see what he does. 
something to play yeah, He's always wanting to go heavier than I tell him he can go, but uh, he always listens to me when I tell him no. He, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he is smart. He is coachable. He's smart. I, Very coachable. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a good guy. He's an all he's an all around good guy, and I've I've always appreciated his help. So it's I'm excited to see what you two do together. Um, so when you you know maybe just for because um, obviously like this show is really for like you know, uh, the beginners or people just, you know, who are always looking to learn. If you had a new lifter, say, in this, in a, and obviously there's many, many factors and variables and stuff that go to it. Um, but for any new lifter, what is one thing that you like to see out of them, both personality-wise and being coachable? Um, but also, you know, what would, what would you take someone who's new, maybe has little to no athletic background, and then they want to start lifting, whether it's Olympic or powerlifting, whatever it is, what do you like to see out of that? You know, or do you think that they should do to set them up for success as they go? You know, this kind of this might sound fucked up, but it is what it is because I can. Um, I wouldn't coach them. So I'm at the point, you know, where I am in my career that if someone is a beginner, I I, I don't take them on and I don't coach them just because. Beginners need a fucking lot, man. Yeah, they need a lot. They need a lot of attention. They need they, they need to learn to move. They need to do all this. So, like, when someone uh, approaches me for, for coaching, you know, now, um, you know, I, I kind of ask them what what their athletic achievements are or where they are as a lifter. And you know, if if they're a beginner entry level lifter. I'll, I'll hand them off to someone else that I know. And anyway, right now, like I said, I'm at a point where I'm kind of closed off. But for that period of time where I was taking on new lifters, I just, I, I like, you know, I mean, everyone likes coaching a higher level lifter more anyway. Yeah, But uh, I, it just, I don't really take them on. But if I was to, yes, first of all, I think that you need to find a coach that can be hands-on with you. I think that you should not be looking for an online coach if you're a beginner, because hands-on, you're, you're like, there's only so much that I can cue you, and there's only so much that I can tell you over a fucking text message or over a voice message. There's only so many ways that I can try to tell you to change your body. The thing about a beginner is a beginner doesn't have much fucking body awareness. Like, you tell them to fucking sit their hips back more, they don't know what that means. They don't know how to move their hips. You know what I mean? Um... So it's so hard to be an online coach for a fucking beginner. So honestly, for a fucking beginner, what you need to do is either try to find an in-person, hands-on coach, if you can, um, you know, at your local gym or, you know, whatever the fuck it might be. And if not, yo, like, YouTube is your best fucking friend, man. Like I said, like, me coming up in powerlifting, I had I did a little fucking seminar with some dude who told me to follow the cube method. Here's how you low bar squat goodbye, and he fucking that was it. I didn't see the guy again. You know what I mean? And there was no power lifters at my fucking gym. So what did I do? How did I learn? Man, I just fucking sat behind YouTube. I watched video after video after video. I'd be training. I'd pull up and watch videos. I'm not saying this is the best thing to do, but I would try to replicate this guy or try to replicate that guy. You know, uh, replication is okay in some aspects, but you still need to find your own style, you know? Um, And I would read book after book and just understand and learn as much as I could, you know? 
uh, someone uh, coaching you online, giving you a check-in once a week and telling you, oh, okay, like, next week, let's try to do this. And then the next week, next week, let's try to do this. No, you need someone fucking hands-on. Like I said, you know, for years, that's all I did was coach people fucking hands-on and teach my power lifters right there and watch them do all their fucking lifts in a class setting for two hours. And, you know, you need to be adjusting them constantly. You need to be adjusting, they need to be making adjustments while they're moving, while they're lifting. And you giving them feedback at the end of the week and their weekly check-in isn't really going to do that. So I feel like, honestly, if you're a beginner, um, hiring an online coach is almost even a waste of your money. Um, it's 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 going to be hard to learn a lot. It's going to be hard to you know develop a lot, in my opinion, in a lot of ways. And like I said before, quite honestly, especially when you're a beginner, you can get stronger doing absolutely fucking anything. And and I think that's an you know and I and thank you for saying that because I think that's the kind of advice that people need to hear where you don't need an online coach. You, like you said, five three one, five by five, all of those. Like yeah, you'll get stronger. You just need someone to help you. So it, you'd be better to find somebody hands on and or do your research. Like you know, pull up. You, we have YouTube, but not and not only that. Now YouTube is even more. Um, you know, influx with a lot better information than it was two to three years ago. Um, for anything. So I think it's just that constant try to educate yourself more, um, you know, and move better. Like you said, if you can't, if you don't know how to move, you're going to have a hard time moving with weight. And, and Absolutely. yeah, and you can't load a movement that's dysfunctional or well, you can, but you'll get hurt <laughs> yeah. and, and you don't want that. So, so that's perfect. Um, for yourself, what are, I mean, like you said, you, you're a very goal oriented person, um, what are some short-term and long-term goals that you are um, you're aiming for currently, um, both with you yourself and then with hybrid? Like, what do you guys have coming up? Yeah, man. So, fuck. Honestly, where I am professionally, I am I am so so happy. And like I said, over the last you know seven eight months or so, I kind of you know set a place where I wanted to be. Honestly, where I am right now, I've, I financially wise, like it's been a goal of mine for quite a while. And it's like you know, it was just a matter of how I could reach it, you know, with enough hours in the day. And I have. And the the, the, ha- the the good thing is like it's like you you just said like man wow you sound super fucking busy. And I am, but honestly, my quality of life and my time, I have way more time now than I did when I worked at that gym coaching classes and doing personal training and being there from 6 a.m. until some days until 9 p.m. when the gym closed, my powerlifting club finished, you know, being at the gym six days a week, some days not being able to train myself because I had so many clients and so many classes to coach and making a third of the money I'm making now. Like my that I was so much more burnt out than I am now. And honestly, where I am professionally, I'm, I'm super, super happy. Um, I just, I, I honestly want to maintain that. And honestly, now just kind of work on, you know, my personal life. You know, like I, I just got married, so congratulations. You know, thank you, brother. And uh, so you know that kind of shit, building a family, having a family, you know, adult things. Adulting, the most part, you know, <laughs> adulting is weird. <laughs> it's it's fucking crazy, man. It it is crazy. Like when when I think back on you know where I was literally seven eight years ago to where I am now, and I think you know fuck, I'm, I'm only 26, man. You know, like 
turn 27 in a couple months everyone's always like man i thought you were a fucking old man it's like nah man i've just i've just done a fucking lot in a short period of time yeah you know what i mean yeah you really have and i and you know and that's you know that that was my main driving force of like why i i did want to bring you on the show just because i think that you know your story and this kind of just that chronological line is a good i think hopefully hopefully someone resonates with it and be like okay you know i you know maybe pull something and learn something because like you said you you know whatever you did you you know you you focused on and you gave yourself into and you and you just and you grinded and you learned and you put in that kind of work you know and you surround yourself with good people you know surround yourself with good people and you put in that kind of work like you can make shit happen for yourself and I think uh, that's it's it's a good it's a really good story, and that's why I was I'm glad that we got to you know tell it. Um, Hell yeah, man! I'll, I'll tell you something that's fucking crazy to me, man. Like fucking last last February, so February 2018. You know, I'm. Very similar. I'm pretty much the same person I was then, you know, professionally and everything. Obviously, I've grown to an extent since then, but knowledge-wise and stuff, you know, things are very similar. Personality-wise, I'm absolutely the same. But, like, February 2018 is, like, when Steffi lifted in the cage and she debuted at 545. And, you know, I was there with her and, like, fucking screaming in the background and stuff. Like, that's when my notoriety began. You know what I mean? I went from having like 700 followers on Instagram to like fucking like 7,000, like, like practically overnight, you know? And then over the course of, you know, uh, since then, you know, going to the U.S. Open with her and then going to the cage again. So next thing I know, I have like almost 20,000 followers on Instagram in literally just a year. And it's like, I've had Instagram for fucking six years, seven years. I'm posting the same fucking shit I did for six or seven years. You know? <laughs> yeah. The same person I was all that time. But it's like, now I have this reach. And it's like, social media is such a fucking cool thing. Because, you know, my social media is very different than a lot of fucking people. A lot of people, people don't follow me because I'm the fucking strongest guy around. So I'm not, man. I'm far from being an elite level power lifter. And I'm totally okay with that. Like, I, I, like I made a joke. Like, I don't even fucking lift. I have a, I have a lot of fucking issues and injuries and stuff like that and i'm totally okay with that i have no plans of competing anytime soon i'd like to reach elite status and powerlifting but if i don't like i'm totally okay with that and you know people don't follow me to look at me squatting eight nine hundred pounds i fucking don't you know what i mean like a lot of people follow me like because of the positivity and like the message and the story that i kind of give and i give off and it gives a lot of people hope. And to me, that's, that's super cool that I'm able to spread that and give that and show that to people that you can go from being a shit bag who completely fucking hates their life. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't touch on, I, there's another podcast that's actually saved in my, um, in my, uh, bio. I think it's called cool things. And like the same story post where I talked about my whole journey from when I was 13 till I was 19. We kind of picked up right around 19 on like my drug, journey and stuff like that and i was a super fucking dark depressed person i fucking hated myself i hated my life i was borderline fucking suicidal you know and now like i'm the fucking opposite i'm so fucking happy i'm so grateful every day i wake up with a fucking smile on my face every day i'm fucking stoked sure you know every like just like everyone else you know i have some you know down days and stuff and the I don't really struggle with the depression or sadness anymore. I definitely still struggle with my fucking anger. I'm still a pretty angry person. But you know, <laughs> even that shines through my personality, and people fucking like it. 
And just all this rant just to say that it's so cool, you know, social media as a tool and things like these podcasts and for you to like touch in people's lives and hear people's lives and get moved and, you know, help motivate people. Because at the end of the day, that was my fucking goal, you know, when I was 19 years old and I got sober myself. I want to help people. And I have for the last seven years, but most of it's been done in person. And now being able to, you know, have a, a tool like social media and things like these podcasts to, you know, reach literally, what, 20,000 people who look at my things that I post and, you know, move 20,000 people as opposed to 20 people who I coach in my powerlifting club, that's pretty fucking tight, man. Yeah, it really is. And, and I agree. I think you're, you know, like I said, the energy that, you know, you know, that you bring and that people get, like, that's, that's what they relate to. Cause I mean, and, and that's, and that's also the point, like you said, to be able to reach out for people and be able to, you know, make them feel not alone and, you know, and be like, you know, you know, make them find someone else or hear about someone else who's going through something, maybe not exactly the same, but you know, the, the same, maybe the same struggle in their own way. And I mean, that's, and that's nerds. Like that's kind of, that was kind of the, again, the point of like this show and even the titles, like, you, you know, a stereotype of a nerd is just someone who, you know, is kind of a loner and does their own thing and does is socially awkward and doesn't really know where. Yeah, I know. No, I know it's true. Just kidding. Sort of, (laughs) but it's true to, to be able to kind of find someone and be like, okay, I can get my shit together. Like I'm, I'm not by myself. And I, I can I can learn from this person, and I can you know use that to slightly replicate, but then find your own way. So, which is completely awesome. Exactly. Um, like the number one question, I'll just touch real quick, and it's funny. Like I said, you know, replicating people's lifting just to an extent, and like you know, my one of my main idols when I first started lifting, you know, powerlifting in 2013 or whatever it was, is Dan Green. You know, like there was not a million mainstream powerlifters, and powerlifting was not nearly as big in 2013 as it is now. And I just fucking loved and idolized Dan Green, and still do to this day. And he benches similar to how I do, where he fucking crushes his rib cage and you know explodes off his chest. And uh, I swear, man, if I had a dollar for every single DM that I get asking why I bench how I do, and if I, if I'm gonna break my fucking ribs, and if it hurts, and why am I touching so low, and why is it falling in my chest? I'd have a lot of dollars. But my <laughs> response simply is that it works for me. You know what I mean? So he's got to find what works for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's true. I mean, and I think, I mean, I think that's also why people like um, lifting, whether it be powerlifting or weightlifting, is because you know you learn a set of principles and a set of movement and mechanics, and hopefully, well, and through that, you can find an expression. You find your way. You find your way to do that, and that's uh, you know, and that's what makes it partly cathartic, and it's cool. For sure. That. I don't know if I would call my bench technique doing it well. But I bench five hundred pounds. So I was gonna say, hey man, if if, it, if if the weight gets up and you know that's and and then you're able to stand up afterwards, like that's I think that's uh that's success. So you're benching five hundred pounds, like nobody's gonna say shit on that end. Exactly. Uh, Trust me, they do. Uh, I mean, they they want to, they want to, but I, I feel like it's yeah, it, you should not. Um, so uh, I know do you guys do you guys have any meets coming up? 
We our next main hybrid meet is going to be the hybrid showdown, which we did last year in December of 2018. This year we're pushing it to January, end of January or first week of February nice. 2020. That will be a huge. It will be much bigger than last year. We had a bunch of huge lifters、uh, lift last year. We had fucking Taylor Wolf. We had Dan Green.、Yep. We had fucking the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, many things my mind to remember. Everyone, and、uh, we plan on doing it very similar again this year. Except this year will be two days:、uh, qualification day, open registration day, and the deadlift showdown like we had last year.、Nice. Um, so I'm in the process of planning that.、Um, that is for sure confirmed. And then we are also in the process of planning something pretty fucking crazy.、Uh, I won't talk too much on it, but essentially we're going to kind of. Make our own mini Arnold here in Miami in、uh, summer June 2020. We're planning on doing essentially an, a strength expo. You know, have like a hundred vendors, have a two stage、uh, WRPF meet, two stage USAPL meet, two stage Olympic weightlifting meet.、Um, it is very stressful even thinking about it. It is crazy. A lot of planning is, is going into it.、Um, But so yeah, keep your eye out for that. Oh, I, I definitely will. That sounds extremely exciting. I want to go to that.、Um, oh yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. Oh, and but if anybody can get it done, I know you guys. You guys can. So I I'm gonna look forward to that. That'd be awesome.、Um, and I、uh, you know I don't want to take up any more of your morning. I know you have things to do, but I do appreciate you taking time and talking. It's been really fun. Um, so thank you very much for that. Is there anything else, anyone you want to either shout out or say or do before before I let you go? Please, by all means, do so.、Um, no. Okay. <laughs> well, th- well then,、uh, well then. Shout out to、uh, everyone. Everybody. Good, good job for making it all the way through this podcast. Yes. I fucking rant a lot. And I will just talk and talk and talk. You probably talked for a total of five minutes of this hour and ten minutes. I talked for an hour and five of it. Hey man, hope you guys enjoyed hearing my beautiful voice. You can follow me on Instagram at Alex Uslar to hear me yell, watch me bench press, and do about nothing else. And do about nothing else. So, but hey, thanks to your wife for letting me borrow you. I'm sure she's just <laughs> totally man <laughs> hanging out, just being like, thank yeah, okay, thank、We're、you. Married, man. Uh, having time away from each other is fantastic. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome! Well, awesome. Again, I do. I thank you. I appreciate it, and、um, I'm looking forward to all the new stuff you do. And hopefully, I want to come and check those out. I've never been to Miami, so someday I would like to come and check it out. So、yeah, it'll be、man. fun. Plan, yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you again. I will let you go, and、um, you know, I look forward to everything that you're gonna you know have in the works. So thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, my man. Have a good one. I'll let you go. All right, bye. <laughs> All right, bye, bye. All right. Thank you, Mr. Alex, for coming on. He is a big ball of energy, and he is, you know, quite the inspiring and entertaining story to hear. So hopefully, you learned something and picked up something. And you know, again, if you want to reach him, he is on the Instas、uh, at Alex Osler.、Uh, uh, always, always mess up your name, buddy. I'm sorry. Um, U S L A R, and again,、uh, follow him. You have Steffi Cohen, Hayden Bow, the Hybrid Performance Method. If you're not familiar, which I'm sure you are, and you know, great things there. 
So thank you, everybody. Shout out to our sponsors, Viking Performance Chalk, Stickiest Stuff for Lifting Heavy Shit, Caliber Illustrations, The Johnny Horror Show. Thank you, guys. And thank all of y'all for sticking around and listening into this season two. So keep an eye out. Got more on the way for this season. I'm really excited about it. I'm your host, Nicholas. Thank you for tuning in to the Nerds Who Live podcast. Thank you.